Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards is off working on the SoundHealthPortal.com. The SoundHealthPortal is an amazing online service now. You used to have to lug around a laptop to be able to use these amazing software packages. To learn more about the SoundHealthPortal and watch Sherry do a, a live workup online with somebody, scroll down to the bottom of the, toward the bottom of the SoundHealthPortal.com page, click on the videos, and then click on a video in an area that you're interested in or want to know more about, and then watch that as Sherry takes a person all the way from doing the voice recording online of about a minute long, and then it runs through the software on the SoundHealth portal. That part is seamless. You do the recording, and then you get reports. So the actual analysis and the software runs everything. Watching Sherry do it live with a person really gives you a great picture of the kind of information that you might get, what you're looking at. So after you watch the video, and let's say that you pick the cellular information campaign, what you'll do is click on sign up for a free membership, pick a campaign, and then the system will walk you through doing your vocal recording right from your computer, preferably with a microphone that will give you a little bit more accuracy and more detail to the report. And then it'll run through the software and you'll get an email with the report. With the context of having the video before, it'll just give you a lot more like, oh, that's how we got here, because it's a lot of information. And if you have a practitioner, not unlike Dr. Kajiki, you could take it to them and say, what we're looking at, this is amazing material. To hear and share replays of this show, about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, go to talk to me guy.com all words scroll down that page and you'll see the show on the top as they say in about 20 or 30 minutes after we end here and there's also archives there now of about 400 hours of shows at the bottom of the let's say this show in the show notes where anything that we talk about links and everything will be there there's a microphone in the lower corner of the show notes if you want to ask me any questions or have a question for the guest or suggest any, anything you want to say, feel free to just click on that microphone. You can just, on a mobile device, you can just tap on it and you'll be talking to me through your phone microphone. And or if you're on a computer, you need a microphone. Many laptops have that or tablets. You can leave a message and I'll get back to you. Below that, there's a replay button right below the show notes that works great on mobile devices as well as laptops or any web browser and or a bunch of click-throughs or links to the podcast aggregator or player of your choice. With that, Hashimoto's is a disease where the immune system attacks your thyroid, but the medical community either can't diagnose it, will tell you it's just stress, or are treating the symptoms instead of addressing the underlying reasons your immune system is haywire. There is no one-size-fits-all solution to thyroid dysfunction. Without the distinctive legion of tests, that Dr. Kajiki has identified, most doctors miss the signs and are mystified at why patients aren't getting well. Find the right protocol that pinpoints the specific root cause of a patient's thyroid-related ailment or autoimmune problem, Dr. Kajiki created the internationally acclaimed Kajiki Protocol. He engages a wide variety of testing procedures and indicators, including 63 different tests instead of the standard 10 that MDs use and inflammatory blood markers, immune system challenges, gastrointestinal microbial, leaky gut testing, adrenal dysfunction, urinary hormone of metabolites, and more. Dr. Kajiki is a certified functional medicine practitioner, chiropractor. He is revolutionizing the way that hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroid are diagnosed and corrected using drug-free solutions. Dr. Kajiki creates his personalized program with dietary changes, nutritional supplements, vitamins, minerals, and enzymes with lifestyle enhancements that improve lab test results and reduce symptoms. Dr. Kajiki joins us to talk about his book, Sick, Tired, Untreated, and Abandoned, How the Medical Community Fails Hashimoto's Patients and How You Can Get Your Life Back. Welcome, Dr. Gill. Thank you so much. 
so much, Richard. Great to be on your show again. I can't believe I was I was kind of shocked to find that it's been six years since I talked to you last. How did that happen? I, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I saw your name. And it was familiar. I said, oh, I think I did something with him about two, three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Six years. This is how it happens. I'd like to start with how was your wife's doctor telling you that's how we do it in traditional medicine? your tipping point into a path that would lead you to what is now known as the Kajiki protocol. Right. Well, you know, she had been through up and down symptoms of Hashimoto's for two to three years, but because I hadn't really studied functional medicine very much, I didn't really know what that was. Uh, So I just took the experts for their opinion and her GP was also uh, ear, nose, throat doctor, and he, when he realized from my testing that she had Hashimoto's, and I asked him, well, great, what do we do about this? And he said, we're going to give her thyroid medication, specifically, I think it was Synthroid. I said, but I, I don't understand. Why, why are you giving her a thyroid medication for an immune system problem? And his response was very nonchalant, very direct, and he said, because that's the way we do it with conventional medicine and I wow. he said it with a straight face and I was I was shocked that he said that to me and I thought oh my gosh he this is what is normally happening with everybody who has her condition so this is not going to help her in the long run and and it was at that moment I realized I have to get this resolved on my own because these doctors in traditional and conventional medicine are not going to help her Wow. So many bad words. So many bad words. (laughs) It just blows my mind um, that that is just the standard. Oh, that's a whole other show. It's like, really? It's just, that's the way we do it. It's just appalling. And I'm not anti, I'm like yourself. I'm not anti-Western medicine. I am opposed to what I, in my opinion, would call stupidity. So that's all I'll say there. Or feel free. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, you know, and, and my, the, the title of my book is a bit controversial, but the reality is that's what is happening out there. If you have Hashimoto's and that medication doesn't work for you, you are stuck. They don't know what to do and they won't do anything else. Wow. They just won't do anything else. They just drop the ball. Here's, you're on the medication. We'll increase it. We'll lower it. There's your game show. Right. And wow. keep, keep dealing with it. I mean, I, I asked the patients, what did your doctor say to you when you told them, I'm taking my medication. I still feel like crap. I don't care if my lab tests are normal. What do you do? And, and their response is usually they didn't say anything. We mean they didn't say anything. We had to say something. They said, keep taking your medication. Come back in six months. <laughs> yeah, give it six months. It'll kick in in six months. You'll be much better. Here's this right. general, you know, smear of stuff on a palate and trial. You know, just take that. You'll be great. Right. Wow. Um, I want to ask some clarifying questions, or at least background of the whole thing, because the thyroid is such a thing. Um, I want to ask, what is Epstein-Barr? Because that is sort of a bailiwick of, you know, like, oh, there's a thing, Epstein-Barr. What is that, actually? So Epstein-Barr is a virus, and 90% of the entire population is typically exposed to this Epstein-Barr virus as a child. But we get over it. But there is some question as to whether do we get over it and it's gone or do we just put it into remission and what I have is that about 80% of my Hashimoto's patients have this reactivated Epstein-Barr infection mm. so this Epstein-Barr as a child if, if it keeps on going and, and infects you more it becomes mono people have heard of mono the kissing disease but if you do get over it it goes into remission and it just kind of sits there in your body some people have said it sits in the thyroid. Some people have said it sits in the liver. Nobody really has any proof for that. 
but it does get reactivated. If, and then there's something about Hashimoto's and thyroid patients where this gets reactivated and it feels like you have a 24-hour flu, you have body aches, brain fog, you might have some depression, you have just slow body function, and it just feels like a flu you just can't get over. And so one of the main symptoms of this Epstein-Barr is fatigue. Well, uh, fatigue is one of the main symptoms for a hundred different disease conditions out there. But Epstein-Barr seems to be very rampant in Hashimoto's and thyroid patients. So mm-hmm. we have to rule out that that's one of those main triggers uh, that we call a stealth infection that could be interfering with our ability to heal them and could be agitating the immune system, causing that immune system to attack the thyroid. Mm-hmm. And so you've become... I don't know why this comes to mind, because he was so bumbling and you are so not. But you're like the Inspector Clouseau of thyroid. And I don't mean that you stumbled into anything. I mean, you really have become the one of the foremost experts in the country. I don't know world enough to say more, but I mean, really, it's amazing. And as I say, we haven't talked for six years. And you were doing it then. <laughs> And people were yeah. still like, I don't know. I still, I have friends today that I keep telling you, telling them about your work because they have had, air quotes, Hashimoto's for a long time right. and not getting better. And so far, they're pretty much just getting either synthetic or natural. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But it's just, why, I didn't mean to go here, but I can't help it. Why do you think they just, Western medicine can't get a grip on it? Is it because they don't want to pay attention? Or, well, if, you know, maybe they don't want to pay attention. Or is it because you say this really great thing about they're treating the lab, not the symptoms? Not the patients, the lab is right. Not. Yeah, you know, I, I do write in my book what my opinion is about why this happens in conventional medicine. And after so many years of, of treating different people, what I've come to realize is the bottom line is this, is that if you get your opinions from conventional medicine, meaning you go to the endocrinologist, the GPs, the MDs, the PCPs, you use your insurance, you pay a small copay, you just have to understand and accept the fact that they are influenced by the pharmaceutical and the insurance companies. So they are in this world where pharmaceutical and insurance companies lay down the rules. And if you want to play in that world of insurance company and pharmaceuticals, you have to go by their rules. And their rules say, you will treat the thyroid. There is no medication for Hashimoto, so you will treat the thyroid with levothyroxine or Armour or NatureThroid or mm. Tyrosin, whatever. And because you want us to pay for your care as the insurance company, we're going to do the minimal amount of testing required to give you medication or perform a surgery or give you radiation. So you have to accept that and deal with those rules, or you have to go outside of that kind of medical model to people like me who I don't take any insurance, so insurance companies can't influence me. I don't prescribe any medication, so I don't follow their guidelines of what to prescribe to you. But now I can get to the root cause of the problem, which we're going to talk about is these body dysfunctions called triggers. And I think that's the reason why if you continue to go to conventional medicine, you're going to continue to get a different medication, a different dosage, and nothing's really going to change. It really is mind-blowing, and this is a whole different show. And anytime you want to talk about this, I'm happy to get on this one, about the when did the insurance companies really supersede the doctors? Because that's, that's how it seems to me. And, <laughs> right. We'll do that as a different show sometime. <laughs> because that's like, what? Um, yeah, that, that I, would I'm, be a, a very good historical research to do on why yeah, did exactly. and how did that yeah. happen. Well, I know partially I, I've interviewed uh, Gwen Olson a number of times, and she wrote a book. She used to be – she was a pharmaceutical rep. And she was a very successful pharmaceutical rep. And one day she, went, she woke up and went, string of bad words, am I doing? 
What am I doing? Right. What am I thinking? And then she wrote a tell-all book about the pharmaceutical industry and how they were indoctrinated. You know, they were trained. A pharmaceutical rep was, tra- was trained to really infiltrate. It's like a spy movie, trained to infiltrate into the doctor's life in the sense of kindness and gifts and remember the kids and birthdays and, you know, really so that when they walked in, the doctor would just take the pill from her and they would go, she would say blah, 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 and he'd go, oh, great, okay, thanks. And that was as much research as the doctor might do because they had a good rapport with the, with the rep. Yes. And then it, it, once she wrote the book, she literally left the country. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, it sounds fictitious, but that really is what happened. Is, is their, the extent of their education is based on what the pharmaceutical rep tells them. So yeah. it's very limited. They have no time to research these things. Yeah. Right? They, they, because they're involved in insurance, they have a whole list of patients they have to see every single day to meet that quote-unquote hidden quota, invisible quota, or they can't, they won't be part of that group anymore. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, it's, you know, unfortunately that's the reality of what's going on. And so, uh, you know, when they get a trip to Hawaii and they, they get all these gifts and it's like, well, who are you going to buy your medication from? That pharmaceutical rep. You're going to believe what they tell you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll jump away from that. There's so many stories there, but I'll just jump away from that because I really want right. to talk about thyroid. How much of a role does gut health play in having a good thyroid balance or a balance system? Oh, gosh, you know, huge, huge amounts. I mean, I'll just tell you the two main ones that I put most of my focus into with gut health is that you make this T4 hormone, which is an inactive thyroid hormone, and then you, but your body makes this T3 hormone, which is an active thyroid hormone. So your body makes about 93% T4. The other 7% is T3. Well, that T4, inactive thyroid hormone, has to get converted T3, an active thyroid hormone. So an inactive thyroid hormone doesn't do you any good. It's like the seed trying to turn into a fruit. It doesn't do any good good to eat the the seed. You have to turn it into a fruit. So this T4 has to turn into T3. Well, it does that through multiple mechanisms, but one of the main mechanisms that T4 turns into T3 is in your digestive tract. So if you've got digestive dysfunction, like low hydrochloric acid or poor fat um, metabolism or you don't break down carbohydrates right or you have an imbalanced gut microbiome or you have intestinal permeability or you have inflammation, you're going to have problems in your digestive tract. You're going to have problems converting that T4 and making it an active T3. So that may be a situation where you feel like you have low thyroid symptoms, you feel like you're sluggish and slow, but then they test your T4 and your TSH and it's completely normal. But because you have poor conversion, you don't get that active thyroid hormone. So that's really a conversion problem, not really a thyroid problem. And because you don't need T3 or gut tests, to know if someone has a thyroid problem, the doctors don't run those tests for gut function. Yeah, wow. could you one. say that? Li- could you say that very last line again? What you just said about they don't. I just want yeah. people to really hear that. <laughs> yeah. So if you're getting your opinions about your health from conventional medicine, and they're suspecting you have a thyroid problem, they're going to test your TSH and your T4, free T4, and that could very well be normal levels. But because you're not converting that T4 into T3 in your digestive tract, they are not going to run digestive tract function testing to see if you have a conversion problem. They're wow. just going to run T4 and or TSH and free T4 because that's all the insurance company requires to, for you to dispense medication. So that means they don't even test if you have good HCL levels. So you can actually break no. just that minimal step of the HCL. I, I've interviewed Jonathan Wright, who wrote the wonderful book, a very zesty book called Stomach Acid is Good for You, years ago, and about three or four times down through the years. And that was my eye-opener to HCL and how just even measuring that, how many people are deficient on HCL, but that's because they're tired. Absolutely. It blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. 
And because that's a gastrointestinal disorder, your endocrinologist is going to say, well, if you think you have low stomach acid, why don't you go to the gastroenterologist? And then all they're going to do is run pathology testing. They're going to, if they allow it, they're going to run a colonoscopy or an endoscopy, and that's all they're going to do. And they're not going to see that you have low HCL. <laughs> oh, once again, so many bad words. Um, and then that leads me to ask, I know that you're, you're harsh about this, man. You're really harsh about this. You have your patients off gluten, period, no questions asked. Get off gluten. Realize that gluten is in your shampoo. It's in your cosmetics. Gluten is everywhere. Right. And you're really hardcore about that, and I think hardcore. that's great. Right. Black and white, no gray yeah. area. I don't yeah. even care if you don't have a negative reaction. There is no nutritional value in gluten at all. So why even chance it and put it in your diet? Because I'll tell you this, 30% of the symptoms that people have to gluten sensitivity is not digestive. It's neurological. Oh. So that gluten affects your brain function, and you might think, oh, my brain, my brain fog or my fatigue or my headaches are something completely different. It could be gluten sensitivity. Well, and the other, I'll try and make this a short rant. Uh, the other tricky thing is, is gluten or wheat has become an amazing delivery system for glyphosate. Yes, because I, I, it yeah. is used on every crop, of, unless it's organic, non-GMO, and even then I'm suspicious because I'm suspicious by nature. But why would you go out of your way to have a food that's, you know, a primary suspect? I mean, corn is not much better. But gluten, gluten's bad. Gluten is bad. And I like and a great brand. Hashimoto's is like jet yeah. fuel on fire. Yeah, okay. So Ooh, Say more about that. That's a good line. I like that one. I'd like that on a shirt, please. <laughs> yeah, there's just nothing good about it. So, yeah, if you're going to be my patient, there is no gray area with gluten. You are off of it permanently. Harsh. I like it. Yeah, works. <laughs> it works. And and so do your patients go you don't you don't have a one size fits all. I mean, every time with a patient, you go they go through your 19 page intake, which I think right. that might be more of a page intake than a homeopath gets. But I mean, that's a lot. And when you go through that, you're figuring out from that intake, you get some guidelines, or do you have the intake and the lab work all at the same time so you can just immediately get the big picture? Yeah, I, well, I typically get the intake first, and that. That helps me figure out what kind of triggers am I looking for. And then mm -hmm. when I get the lab test results back, that confirms what triggers I'm looking for and how I prioritize them. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then that leads me to ask about your, what you would call in the book, the nine most common triggers. Because this, right. this could be just the rest of the show. I mean, this is like all mind-blowing and wow, of course. Yeah, this is, this is where the magic happens, is identifying these triggers. And there are nine very common triggers that I look for. It's not all of them, but it's the nine most common. So I look for anemia, and it's not just iron anemia. It could be B12, B6, B1, folic acid, hyperchromic, normocytic. There are multiple kinds of an anemia other than iron. So it could be anemia, blood sugar instability, adrenal gland dysfunction, hormone imbalance, inflammation, gastrointestinal problems, food sensitivities, chemical sensitivities, and hidden infections. And your endocrinologist is not going to ask you nor test for those. They're going to test for TSH and free T4, and that's it. So those are the triggers that I'm suspecting. So when I look through a patient's intake, and believe me, I actually read every single page. I'm one of the few doctors that actually read every single page of your intake because it's important. You took the time to do it. I'm gathering my data as to what kind of triggers am I suspecting. Then based on what kind of triggers I'm suspecting, 
I'll do different types of lab testing. I'll do blood, stool, saliva, dried urine, hair, breath. So different media are better at finding different triggers. So then I decide on what kind of testing I do. For example, my blood panel has 63 different tests on it. It'll catch six out of nine of those triggers. And then that's how I can start creating my, my individualized protocol for each person. Because I can get 10 Hashimoto's patients with the exact same symptoms, but they'll have completely set of different triggers. And, and how is that? Boy, the human body is complicated. I, I'm, I'm amazed. I have to interject that I'm, I'm – and I've used this a lot, but I can't help but not using it. I'm always surprised every morning that when I get up, I stand up and get out of bed. And I say that not because I have a condition, but because I think it's amazing it's a, that it's we a just do that. It's a miracle itself that your yeah. body can do that. It, it, re- yeah. it really is, and we, and we take it for granted. Um, and, and that you know, when things are kind of going bad in my life, that's what I, I do. I wake up and I go, my gosh, I could stand. I could see. I could use my hands. I could use my fingers. There are people who can't do this. Yeah. yeah. And all while we're yeah. thinking and digesting and our hormones are regulating and things are squirting in our bodies and bowel is mo- I mean, it's, it's amazing. This right. is, we make AI amazing. look like nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And these triggers, they get in the way of that typical normal function. So we want to find out which of these triggers do you have. And it's mind-blowing because, like, like you said, so – for example, one of the main symptoms people experience is fatigue. Well, every one of those triggers that I just mentioned, they all cause fatigue. Mm-hmm. So you could have one of those triggers, three of those triggers, nine of those triggers, and this is why there's no one-size-fits-all for anybody because if someone says, I have fatigue, maybe it's blood sugar instability and adrenal. Maybe it's anemia and hormone. Maybe it's gastrointestinal only. Maybe it's an Epstein-Barr infection. It varies for everybody. So you cannot have a one-size-fits-all. You cannot write a book and say, take this Hashimoto supplement. You just you can't do it effectively that way. Well, and you can't, yeah. Yeah. I'm very pro-supplement industry, and yet there's a lot of that going on now where it's like, here is the new most amazing thing you've ever – you take this, and you will not believe how much better you'll be able to run or something. And it's like it, I don't understand how people – think that this thing is it. Right. right. People are very frustrated by me because they want to know, what do I do for my Hashimoto's? What do I do for my fatigue? What do I do for my weight gain? And I say, I don't know. I have to look at the triggers. <laughs> no, no, but you know. Come on, give me a hint. You know. You know. You have an idea. Just talking to me. I know you know. No, I, I right. understand. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> It's really, it's really extraordinary, the idea that I'm going to kind of – I'm not – well, no, I'm going to pick on endocrinologists because I had some issues a number of years ago, and I was sent to an endocrinologist, and I was just so surprised at how little they asked me. Right. There was very little interaction, like does this hurt or does that, you know, here or are you inflamed? Or, there was nothing. There was just like blood work. Here's a bunch of stuff. Go away. Which I'm not into a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, I'm into. Surprised they gave you a bunch of stuff. (laughs) That'd be. Yeah. Here's a prescription for one thing. Go away. Yeah. Wow. And how? As you've, were you inclined in a certain way? You were already studying functional medicine when your wife was hospitalized and you had that tipping point with your with her doctor. Yeah. You you were already into functional medicine at that point, weren't you? into it like I was a car I was a chiropractor and made, you know I was just getting into it I, I like I knew enough to be dangerous yeah at that point so when I realized she had Hashimoto's and I realized this ENT was only going to give her a thyroid medication to treat an immune system problem I immediately looked towards my colleagues and I give them acknowledgments in my book that I sought out people who were smarter than me, who knew more than me, who'd been doing it longer than me. I went to seminars. I read books. I mean, that, that, that was my beginning of just gorging myself with functional medicine information because I needed to figure out what was going on with my wife, and nobody out there was going to help me other than my colleagues in these seminars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you researched, so let's say that you took a seminar on gut health. 
And once you took that seminar on gut health, you realized that not only did they need HCL, but I possibly needed plant. I like plant-derived enzymes myself. Um, right. They might need that. You be, and it began to expand out of like, oh, if that's happening, if the gut is breaking down the T4, I think you said, um, then it can't do that. That's the, could that be sort of a point of origin of an issue? You have to get that working in order to move to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. Is that yeah. That's absolutely works, correct. Kind of? and, okay. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think part of my success lies that there are a lot of great doctors out there, naturopaths, um, acupuncturists, you know, natural healthcare doctors that know how to identify these triggers. But when I get patients that say, yeah, I went to a functional medicine doctor for three years and I, I'm like only 50% better, or I went to an acupuncturist, I took a bunch of herbs, I'm only 10% better, what I realize is they do a lot of great testing, they do a lot of great supplements, but they don't prioritize them correctly. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do any good to go after a trigger that is what you feel is 10% responsible, go after the one that's 50% responsible. Yeah. Well, and from hanging out with Sherry for, I guess I've known of Sherry's work for a long time, but for at least the 10 years or so that I've been doing the show, just seeing the, in the vocal print, seeing how one thing could be, you know, like, oh, look what that did in the methylation cascade. That whole world of talking methylation and, and how things break down and how really we're very complicated. That's why I'm so amazed every morning when I get up, like, wow, look at that. That's amazing. Because it's such a, it's, you know, like the ultimate, uh, not pachinko, uh, wrong game, the one with the blocks. If you pull out the wrong block, the thing falls apart. Jenga, thank you. Jenga. We're very much like Jenga. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And, and, uh, you know, when 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 you have experience with difficult patients for a long time, like I have, it gets a little easier. Every once in a while, you get that Jenga patient that has round blocks, <laughs> and you're yeah. going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> we got to go a little slower, do a little more testing on this one. <laughs> and do you, I, I, I bet you do, that you run into somebody at some, uh, from time to time or frequently that has had some kind of exposure, some sort of either, I, I, one of my sort of key phrase, catchphrases is total toxic load. And so if you have somebody who lives near an agricultural area, uh, unaware that they're getting sprayed with, you know, possibly, I live in vineyard country, so they spray all sorts uh-huh. of stuff, kind of pre-dawn, so you don't see them, because supposedly the air is more still, so you don't see them doing it. Or in any ag area, I grew up near the Salinas Valley, so there's bad words about how much chemicals they use down there. So if you have somebody who's had repeated exposure for a long time, you have to... Do you have to clear that before you can get to the next stage in your prioritization? You're like, oh, you have a toxic liver. Let's work that and get that healthy and happy. Then your everything else will begin to get better. Yeah, that, that that's, you know, that's a really good point. I, I think it varies from person to person. Um, you okay. know, a lot of people ask me about lead and mercury and aluminum toxicity, and they say, oh, I got a, a hair test done, and they say I'm, uh, I'm really toxic in, in my lead levels and my aluminum levels, you know, should I do a detox? And, you know, my answer is always, hang on, <laughs> before we yeah. jump into that, this is my belief, is that not everybody, it, it's, it's not the toxic load that's the problem. It's your immune system response to that toxic mm. load that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So if you give 100 people the same amount of lead, they're not all going to respond the same. Some people are going to fall apart. Some people are going to go to the ICU. Some people are going to say, give me more. Right? We're all going to respond differently because our immune system response is different. So I look at the body's immune system response first before I decide I want to detox something. Mm-hmm. And you got to be very careful about detoxing somebody, especially chelation, uh, because you could develop antibodies to mercury or lead or aluminum, and aluminum sits in the brain. And if you find high levels of aluminum and you just start chelating them, you could activate that antibody response, and your brain will start to go after these aluminum particles as they're starting to be chelated from different parts of your body, and you could create a huge, huge autoimmune attack problem to your brain if this is done inappropriately. 
Wow. So you got to be very careful about how you're going to detox somebody. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people on shows that I've talked to or that I know that do the, I better do a detox. And I'm thinking, right. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Is that the place to yeah. start? Because you don't know what's going to be dumped in or out or occur right. or, or the byproduct exactly. of detoxing aggressively. Right. And I agree that we are all very toxic. We live in toxic environments like yourself. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we have to start there. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do – how well, it's not one size fit all. I can't ask you any of those questions. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't say, well, how do you begin? You begin by reading this 19-page intake and then doing a bunch of blab work, and then you look at it all. That's how you begin. That, exactly. And, and so what I do is how I decide how I'm going to start my protocols is I match the patient's symptom to the patient history to the lab result. And when I get something that's consistent across all three of those criteria, I know that's a high-priority trigger to go after. Wow, what a radical idea. You look at all the data, you think about all the data, and then you come to kind of the beginning of the conclusion. It seems so radical. (laughs) It's crazy. And sometimes it works. (laughs) And sometimes it works. People keep going, oh, my God. I I mean, you have so many testimonials uh, at your website, drkajiki.com. Is that correct? Is that one of them? Yes. Yes. Where I read the testimonials, and it sounds like you're, I don't want to say miracle healer, but let's pretend I would say miracle healer, because people are like, oh, my God, I feel better. I'm healthier. My skin looks better. My coat is shiny. My nose is damp. I feel great. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I don't begrudge conventional medicine. We need them in our life. We, we, sometimes we need medications and sometimes we need surgeries and, and that's just the way it goes. But that's typically not where you should start. If they didn't do what they did, I would probably be out of a job. If they did what I did, I'd be out <laughs> yeah. of a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just don't see, yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. No, no, I, I, I don't see it happening. security with them. Right. <laughs> yeah, currently, I don't think you're under any kind of threat. Other than, you know, somebody might want to, you know, not have you do this because you're actually helping people and that's not what they're looking for. I'm not saying Western medicine doesn't want to help people. I can already right. hear people emailing me, pounding on the keyboard. That's not right. what I'm saying. It's just it's a very hearts. different way I mean, of thinking. They, they have great intentions. They just have poor delivery. Ooh, that's very good. <laughs> I'm writing that one down. That's very good. <laughs> poor delivery. Boy, howdy. It really is. It's an odd. I don't know how we got here, but again, that's a different show. Um, because of, well, let me. I'll just jump away from that. So you find, you get all this information. You put it up all on the big virtual screen in my mind, the big slidey board where you drag things around like house at the you know chalkboard. Right. And you come up with an aha. How do you prioritize? the nine triggers how do you what light does one light up in a certain way or is it the you know how does that occur and then how do you organize yeah, so, from there right so i do what's most important to the patient so i might find a symptom the patient's history says my most pressing symptom is insomnia i just can't get to sleep i can't stay asleep so then i'll look at their history and see if their history leads me to any reason why they can't fall asleep or stay asleep. And then I'll run my testing to see, is it an adrenal issue? Is it a blood sugar issue? Is it an inflammatory pathway? Is it a brain issue? And then that's how I determine where I start. I start with what symptom, what top three symptoms are the most important to that patient? Because I might find gut function, but if gut function isn't important to them, they don't care that I got their gut better if they still can't go to sleep. Uh-huh. So I match their main three top symptoms with their history, with their lab results, and that's how I find the triggers. And once I find that trigger that I feel is responsible for their top three symptoms, that's when I start supplementing or dietary changes or lifestyle changes. So it's just different. And I, su- and I suspect is, as they see improvement, the from the outside over here, I think the great thing about that is that they're going to have a shift 
which of some kind. It could be they could feel like, oh, I feel really bad, or I feel much better. I can't believe it. But then they really are are much more inclined, I bet, to then proceed with, oh, you still want me to be doing this because they think they're going to come in if they're coming from a Western medicine perspective. You're going to give them something. And they're going to feel different. I'm not saying better. I'm just saying different. Whereas right. yours is find the main thing like sleep. And you correct that. And they're going to be like devoted to you in the best of ways because they're on the right. pathway to changing their life. Exactly. At that point, I might say, hey, you know what? We found this Epstein-Barr infection. Let's address that so that doesn't become an issue down the line. Let's address mm-hmm. this leaky gut so that doesn't become an issue down the line. It just makes too much sense. <laughs> I think that's, every time I, I not only talking with you, but as I review your material, I'm thinking there's no hidden secret plan here other than you're dogged about what you're doing in the best of ways. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it, it's frustrating for people because they want to know what to do before they know what's wrong. Yeah. You've got to find out what's wrong first before I can tell you what to do. They hate that answer. <laughs> well, I use the I use the car mechanic analogy. Say, look, you, my car's making this noise. How much does it cost to fix? The mechanic's going to say, I don't, I don't know. I have to put it on a scope. I have to do diagnostics. I got to find out what's wrong. Why is it causing the noise? And then I can tell you how much it costs and what to do. Yeah, yeah. And what is okay? So you you've got them prioritized. And are you going to go through all nine triggers eventually if, if a patient sticks with the protocols and as they evolve and as their, blood, their lab work changes and the symptoms get better, all the, all the matrix of information that you take in, do sometimes, do patients sometimes wander off because they're like, I feel great now, but wait, Absolutely. you didn't fix the you know, food sensitivity issue you know, or something like that. Do they sometimes Absolutely. wander off? Okay. Yep. All the time, people stop prematurely, but, you know, what are you going to do? That's their choice. Um, you know, the one thing I try to educate people on is this, is that when you're under the proper treatment, symptoms will get better before lab markers get better. Mm. And if you don't fix those lab markers, you're eventually going to feel like those lab markers look. Ooh, harsh. Well, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if someone finds a massively high cholesterol, uh, you know, 500 plus, and you just let it go, you say, because I feel fine, I could still eat my Big Macs, you know, yeah. you're eventually going to pay the price for that high marker that you ignored, even though mm-hmm. you feel fine. Mm-hmm. It's like the, back to the mechanic, I, I like the mechanic metaphor, because I've spent enough time myself working on cars that it's like the the person who comes in and, and they have a leak in the hose and they've wrapped it with gaffer tape a hundred times. All right, well, that's that's going to last for a while, but really we should replace that. Right, and right. people think, no, it'll be fine until I blows up and then I have to put in a new engine. Um, so it really is that where it's back to my first comment about it's amazing that we get out of the bed every day because it's, we're like a walking miracle. It's really complicated. We're, you know, AI is 100 years off from ever replicating an actual human because right. it's unbelievably complex. So the idea of it's almost like you need a contract when people first sit down with you and like, okay, here's our agreement that you're going to stick with me until yada yada. Because it seems like they probably sometimes when I, I bet that when somebody wanders off because they think, I feel much better, Doc, thanks. That in a year or two, they're going, you know, that thing came back, and I need your help again. Yep. Very often that happens. Very often that happens. Wow. And how is that? I mean, how do not – I don't know. I mean, you you explain what you do. I mean, it's not like it's a mystery. You're going to figure it out and help them figure out how to be healthier. Yeah. Well, you know, what I found is that people will do – more to get out of pain than they will to do to get into or stay in comfort. So wow. dis, dis, pain and discomfort is very motivating emotionally, and you will do things to get rid of that. But once you're in comfort, eh, you know, you 
really do want to do much to stay in comfort. <laughs> yeah, it's like working out at the gym. It's not it's not the most fun necessarily when you're doing it, but in the long haul, it's really good. Right. And you just do it. But I yeah. uh, but I've never thought about that. That pain is the motivator because I know a lot of people that have pain, like inflammation. And it's like, well, have you tried this? Have you done? There, people to stop asking me. My friends are like, I'm not asking you. So don't tell me. <laughs> okay. All right. I've talked to people. I know people that could help this. No, nope, I don't want to know. And then they'll take ibuprofen. Really? Every day? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look at the side effects of ibuprofen. Oof. Bad. Bad. Okay. So back to you. You've got your triggers organized. You've, you've, take, you've taken all this massive amounts of data, and then you get it organized. So it's never – I'm trying to make some, like, plan or form, but there isn't one because you create a plan for each patient. Right. Individually for each patient. Individually. Exactly. Right. Now, if you go to my website, www.drkajiki.com, drkajiki.com, there's something in one of the videos there called a flowchart. And that flowchart is this entire interview that we just talked about on one sheet of paper. I talk about the triggers, and I talk about the Hashimoto's attacking the thyroid, and I talk about uh, identifying the triggers, and I talk about inflammation and NFKB protein complexes. It's actually all on that, all on my website, on one sheet of paper. It's amazing. I'm scrolling by it as we talk. So, yes, it's all just right here. I'm emailing so many friends right after we hang up. <laughs> like, here it is. Stop asking me. No yeah, so they want to know what kelp. you do? This is what yeah. we do. Yeah. Adding kelp to your diet is not going to be the fix-all. It's good, good micronutrients, good minerals, maybe a little iodine. Great, but that's not going to fix everything. Right. It's back to that right. one part. It, it is amazing how that we're so enculturated because of, I think, the Western medicine and the pharmaceutical industry that here's a pill, you'll be better now. Yeah. <clears throat> and and, I, and I, I like to, as you mentioned, you know, selenium's important and iodine's important and B6 yeah. is important. But yeah. I, I'll tell you, my, I have this philosophy that deficiencies are important. No question. Yeah. However, triggers are high priority yeah so we will forego the selenium deficiency to go after the adrenal trigger mm-hmm. first yeah well if you so if you slowly let's say somebody does have a GI problem and one of the things that helps them immediately is HCL and maybe a handful of digestive enzymes with meals in the process as they're healing. But slowly as you get all the joints lubricated and the tires inflated correctly and the water flow going correctly, this is all a metaphor of the human body, slowly people feel better and the system itself will ultimately take care of itself. That's in the form of a question that I didn't express very well. Actually, yes, and, and, and that answers your question is that Typically, when you address the triggers, the deficiencies will get taken care of along the way. And which ones don't get taken care of, we will then supplement to address those deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So if I have gut issues and those gut issues get resolved, some of my thyroid imbalances will begin to possibly take care of themselves because the conversion can actually occur. And then as that happens, I suspect that's going to have benefits on inflammation because inflammation is, I'm a fan of inflammation in the sense of, I think it's the ultimate like, hello, hello, over here. (laughs) See that throbbing thing? That's telling you something. Um, And it all begins to, our system begins to work as you work down this amazing list of, are you anemic? Do you have hormone imbalances? What about adrenals? Um, and as you, and again, because I can't, I can't, so many people I interview, there's like a list of like, here's what we do. You don't have that because you're taking all of a massive amount of data and actually looking at the person's kind of like lab work fingerprint. Right. And figuring right. it all out and lining it up with your now, what seems to be decades of experience. Yeah. You, 
it would be so much easier for me to just create an algorithm and give everyone the same thing at the same time for everybody. Yeah. It would be so much easier mm -hmm. for me to do that. But that's not yeah. effective, and it's not, it's not ethical. Yeah. Oh, you want ethics? What? Oh, well. Excuse me. Sorry. Well, that's, yeah. that's again, I a different thought show. that was implied, but maybe not. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, that's another, that's a different, that's, I do that on a different channel where I really go after <laughs> Um, because it's really, oh, you want ethics? What? What are you thinking? And so if you address, let's say somebody, you, you do all this, you do the intake, you do the blood work, you look at it, and somebody has blood sugar instability, which right. so many people have because their diets are frightening. Right. And you start there and they begin to feel better, and then and that leads also probably, so they, because they've been on possibly bad food, that leads them to working with gastrointestinal. It's you, you set the list, the priority of the list by figuring out what is the most dominant, like here's the thing, that throbbing thing in my foot. Let's start there by stopping that inflammation because you have gout, because yada, yada, yada. You right. have this amazing map. Exactly the way I do it. Wow. Sort of a mic drop moment. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so it's so not simple, but it's so simple. And I mean yeah, that. I tell people that it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Because inevitably you will run into problems. You'll run into compliance problems. You'll run into uh, food availability problems. You'll run into lifestyle problems. You'll run into work schedule problems. You'll run into personal stress issues. There's always some kind of complicating factor. Yeah. Well, that goes to the flip side. We're a miracle that we get up in the morning. I think we have too much time to think. But that's, a, again, a different show. It's the Some reason will happen where somebody will fall back, like I've helped people get off of sugar. But eventually they'll call me and go, oh, last night I ate, uh, you know, Oreos and I feel really bad. And I'm like, I'm not going to give you some sort of religious cookie to tell you that's okay. That's bad. Don't do it again. How did you feel the next day? Um, that kind of thing. And it's once you begin to feel better, it's wow, period. <laughs> yeah. You would think. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? That's a psychological show. I don't know that we have that <laughs> yeah, answer here. It, it really is. just amazes me. You know, we're human beings, right? I mean, I'm no different, right? If yeah. I have some kind of a dysfunction, I'll address it until it's not a dysfunction, and then I'll go to the, on to the other dysfunction, and I'll forget about maintaining a certain kind of, you know, protocol that I did before. Like, I, I get it, but yeah. for me, the health priority is up there. It's it's at the top. It's number one. There's nothing else because without my health, I don't do anything else in my life. Well, it's so distracting <clears throat> in the sense that I know people that really like to hike or go out and be in North. I mean, I live in Northern California where the coast is beautiful. But I have friends who are on a walker because they have joint issues. And why do they have joint issues? And I keep telling them, her, that she should contact you. But she just resists because she's sort of like, I don't want to. I'm like, right. why, why not? Wouldn't you like to feel better? You used to feel better. Um, so it's amazing how we get in that place of I'm in pain, I'll just deal with that pain versus how about we figure out why the pain is happening? And that's what you yeah. do. Yeah, it is really mind-blowing how people won't take action. I mean, it just, it, it, it's not bad enough, right? They, they haven't reached rock bottom yet. Yeah, and it's, I, I think the thing that surprises me the most is this, the body that we're in now is the only one we have, at least in this lifetime. This is it. It's not like going to the mechanic and going, yeah, get me a new engine for that, would you? You know, there's yeah. no, I mean, yes, Western medicine is amazing in their ability to replace parts now um, in the body, but that's just all that is. And then, well, it's a personal issue, but I, you know, my sister-in-law had three kidney transplants. Whoa! And that's because she originally had um, a condition that took out her kidneys. You know, they, it was just a thing. And one of the, the byproducts of that was that means that she was on anti-rejection drugs for the rest of her life. Ugh. Well, that just string of bad words. I mean, it just, it was amazing how she had to, she had an amazing attitude about it, really worked with it, 
But there was once you're in that loop of anti-rejection drugs, there's no way out of that. Right. In in Western medicine, even though she ate a pretty good diet and walked and had a good attitude and all that, there was no way backing out. So once they have you and they get you in the system and they get you on that pharmaceutical grind, it's really tricky getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as I say, they're really good at replacing things. They're really very skilled. But it's it just seems I I don't know. I don't understand why more people don't want to consult somebody like you and figure it out. Yeah. It is. It it's it's mind blowing. And you just have to say, Well, when you're ready, right, I'll be here. <laughs> For ten more years. And yeah, after, and then after that's that, it. I, after that, you're on their own. <laughs> Yeah. And are you yet um, teaching other practitioners your work? Yes. I, I, I was involved in um, a supplement company last year, and, and I was teaching with them, and then the pandemic kind of put a, put a hold on the, that, that thing. And so right now I'm not, I'm not uh, currently teaching other practitioners, but they, I do get calls periodically from other practitioners about seminars they've heard me at and, and – uh, gladly answer their questions for them yeah this seems like a perfect thing for you to be teaching at a good chiropractic college but that's just me yeah. to add this to there <laughs> all right never mind let's move along nothing to see here yeah <laughs> i'm i'm surprised before i go anyplace else i'm just surprised to say that i this is where i need to ask you where can people find out more about your information about your book and read that one page where they go, oh, wow, look at this. It's all just written down here. I love that. Right. Uh, best place is my website, and that's www.drkajiki.com. That's com. And if you go there, there are some free resources. If you sign up for the free resources, there will be – a video about all nine of the triggers that we talked about, mm -hmm. and this document's called a flowchart. So when you find that flowchart, that's all the information we just talked about on this one sheet of paper. It talks about the Hashimoto's component, the triggers, the testing, the NFKB protein complex. So it's got everything on there. I mean, it's a step-by-step -step guide. I actually follow that guide with every single patient that I work with, and you can purchase uh, my book from there, you, there's a series of nine videos that I created with Lisa Gar that goes mm. over the thyroid mysteries, that it's an online video uh, stream that you can do, and you can just get to the chase, cut to the chase, and you can just say, hey, look, I want to talk to him. I'm talking to him about my specific case. I'm sick of doing this on my own, and you could purchase a 30-minute consultation with me, and I'm an open book. You ask me whatever you want for 30 minutes, and I will answer every question you have. I have questions, but I think we'll get to those backstage. Um, and I highly recommend um, don't be frightened by his book. It sounds like it's going to be a long, big tome of a book. It's not. It's a very friendly, small paperback that's not frightening at all. Big print. You don't have to know all the medical terms. But I really do like the sick, tired, untreated, and abandoned. It's a, it's a great read. It's got lots of information. I'm actually going to hand it to my friend who resists talking to you and say, read this and then tell me why not. So It's a third of you. an inch for, for yeah. your audience. It's a, it's a third of an inch, and I wrote it for my audience for my patient base I didn't write it for doctors so I wrote it in language that you can understand it's very approachable it's really it's great information um, well I hope I talk to you again before six years perhaps when you start teaching classes we can talk about that thank you so much that was great Gil I knew it was gonna thank be you fun so much, Richard. all right everybody have a great rest of the weekend and we'll see you next week bye bye <laughs>